welcome back to my story, his story, our journey. This is Miss Mary here, welcoming everybody into our journey for today and thanking you once again for tuning in. Uh, remember, everybody, if you're following me on Spotify or specific podcasts that have a follow button, please follow. Make sure you ring the bell if they have one to notify you every time an episode is aired. Also, remember, you can always reach out with any questions or any requests about something you may want to know about at my story, his story, our journey at yahoo.com. I would encourage you to try to share this uh, podcast and these episodes with um, your friends and family that may need to hear an uplifting or encouraging word from God. Thank you for joining me today, and I'm excited about going into the journey with you today, and I will see you in my part of the story. Hello, and welcome to my part of the story. Well, this is Miss Mary, and you know that... uh, The last episode that was aired was very important to me. It was very spirit-lifting, spirit-convicting, and I had no idea, completely no idea, how much God would have that play out in my life, even after the airing of that particular episode. If you do not know the episode I'm speaking of, please go back and listen to the very last episode aired called The Qualified. But God has been pretty quiet for a little while, and then it was literally just today that, I don't know, maybe it was between Him or maybe it was just me asking Him, but I need some peace over my heart, peace over my life, peace over my mind, and have you ever been in a situation where you know you need the word to convict you, because without conviction we never change, without his word penetrating our heart and revealing our sin to us, we have no hope of ever becoming more in the image of Christ, so it's needed, just like it's needed for our children when we have to discipline them or correct them on specific behaviors. We know we do that because we love them. We know we do that because we want them to be the best that they can be. And we want them to be a productive citizen in society. And, you know, God the Father, He does disciplining and chastising and correcting for those same purposes to show the church and to show his children that there's improvement needed and that improvement is needed in all of us every single one that still their feet are planted on this earth have never been perfected to the image of our Lord and Savior we are only in what we call progressive sanctification The more we listen to his word, the more convicting and the more he shows and reveals himself through his word, 
the more we understand, the more we know why he's showing us what he's showing us. But at the same time, what about us? Now that he's showed it to us, now that he's revealed it to us, what are we going to do? Are we going to be obedient? Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to change us into his image for his honor and for his glory? We know that it's always for our greater good. But when are we, as children, ever going to love God back enough to say, even if it wasn't, for my greater good, which he always has our greater good in mind and has a purpose for it. But even if it wasn't, just if it was for your glory, God, let it be so. Do we love him back? Do we love him like he loves us? I would say no, because we have a sin nature that constantly is getting in the way. Do we live with reckless abandonment in our heart and in our life for him, like John the Baptist, like the Apostle Paul? Jesus himself was known and looked at as a radical, as out of his mind a little, was often said in scriptures that they turned the city upside down. Have you in your Christian walk ever got to a point where you just had reckless abandonment love for God that somebody could say, she's a little Christian crazy, or they're a little radical, aren't they? Or, okay, that's definitely different. I've never seen that before. Um, You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit can just well up in us to the point where There is no containing him. Like I said, the last episode, we try to put God in our box and God won't let that happen. And even if he allows it for so long in your own mind, in your own spirit, you will see in the end, he will always win. He is a father and he is a good father and he is not going to have his children telling him what to do. I would never let my children tell me what to do. So I can promise you, I don't think God's going to let his children tell him how to run his plan. (sighs) But he loves us. And we are truly a target of his affection. He loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for us. He sacrificed everything to reconcile us to him, to be his child. I just wonder when the church is going to give it all back or can't give it all back because you can't take the place Christ did on the cross. But just to honor, love him, respect him, and just to live in whatever you say, Lord, whatever you showed us, Whatever you taught us, I will do. And I will do to the best of my ability. And if my sin nature gets in the way, please use your Holy Spirit to remove it. Have you ever cried that out to the Father and said, I don't want it anymore. I don't want this particular sin in my life. Please get rid of it. 
And have you cried out and meant it? Well, I've had some very sleepless nights the last few nights and I've done a lot of listening and just talking to him and waiting for him to put the next thought in my mind. If you ever wonder how the Holy Spirit works, he says, I speak in a still small voice. Now, Jesus could also stand and be very verbal and be very um, a matter of fact. So God does do that as well. But the Holy Spirit, it says, he speaks in a still, small voice. And I always notice that there's particular times in my life or places that I retreat to and I just need to hear the voice of God. And sometimes I have some sleepless nights because it's the most quietest time. And just thinking, you know, show me. Show me direction. Show me where you need me to be, where you want me to be. Bring scripture to my mind however you got to relay it to me I'll get in your word and I'll, I'll read that and just speak to me but as I was talking to him the last few days about direction trying to prepare for this episode I found myself just saying I just want to be held just want you to hold me father and my mind instantly went to remember my promises have you ever been so broken sometimes that you feel like you can't breathe and You know you're a sinner, and you know you've been saved by grace, and you know that you need the correction and the exhorting to lead you in a path of righteousness and to change you into the image of Christ, but do you ever just feel like that child that just wants to be held by daddy? just wants his voice to give you the reassurance that you need that everything is going to be okay you know we all come up against trials in our lives and we live in a very sinful world a very imperfect world And oftentimes that imperfect world intervenes into your life through many directions, whether it be family, friends, church body, um, you know, outsiders that don't understand Christianity, that cannot wrap their mind around this Jesus and this Holy Spirit that you speak of. And you just feel like, gosh, I've been in the battle for a while now and I just need you to hold me and you know what he said okay Mary okay and at that point he just reminded me of all of his promises so this episode today is going to be entitled promises 
Because we know that if there's anybody in this world that can keep a promise, it is God the Father. And I'm so thankful for him. I'm so thankful that he has led me to this particular path and this particular journey today because I know I need it. And I I pray that all of you out there that are listening, that you find yourself just so tired and just in need of being held and being loved. I want to take you down a journey and a pathway of the promises that God has reminded me of in just the last few days. And I pray that it will uplift you, make you smile, make you take that second deep breath and just relax into his arms and to know that he's got this. He's got this. Well, that's my part of the story and I will see you with his promises in his part of the story. Thank you for joining me in his part of the story. So like I said, today we're going to go on this journey of scriptures that has been either reminded to me just through thought as I laid awake at night and as I talked to God the Father and some that I've looked up myself um, or saw as I was doing some reading. But however he reminds you is still his word, whether it's, you know, ones that you studied and memorized that he re-brought back up in your mind, ones that that you have underlined in your Bible and went back to and reread just to remember the promises that he made to you. But you know, of course, there's so many promises in the Word of God, and there's no way we could cover all of the promises that God has given us. But I am going to share with you the ones that he's laid on my heart. But before I do that, I do want to ask. Have you ever made promises that you couldn't keep? Now, I know I asked that question and I'm pretty positive that everybody that's listening to this particular episode would have to say yes. And do you remember how it felt? Because if you really made the promise and you really had all true intentions of keeping that promise, keeping that commitment that you had made, does it sadden your heart and your mind to know that you either feel like you failed or you wished it would have been able to have happened and for whatever reason it didn't you know the bible says do not take an oath or make promises you know and i think sometimes it's because god knows that he really truly is the only one that can a hundred percent keep the promises that he makes because we are broken people and we live in a broken world and 
Even when you have the best intentions sometimes to keep those promises, we fall short and we will always fall short. And even as the scriptures remind us that all have fallen short of the glory of God, none are righteous, no, not one. You know, we're only made righteous and seen righteous through the blood of his son, which also kept every promise and every law and never once sinned in word, thought, or deed. And so we live in a fallen world with broken people. And oftentimes broken promises happen. And have you ever had promises that were made to you that were broken? And how, again, they make you feel so sad. As you know, I often refer to myself and relate to the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And so I've had several covenants that was promised to me that they did not keep and did not follow through with. But has there been times that there was promises that I had made that I didn't follow through with? And the answer to that would have to be yes. So... We know that we can often make promises that sometimes we just can't keep. And along the way, people get hurt or disappointed. But like I said, today, this is a journey that we just want to rest in the Father's arms. We want to be held. We want to know that it's going to be okay. And we want to know that it's, it's all right, that, that he has this. And that's the thing. When you come to the end of yourself, when all of the people around you that you thought you knew, that you thought you could trust, or even those around you that thought they could trust you, do you ever just get to the point where you just need a positive reassurance and and I guess I just feel like that's what God has put on my heart so desperately that he's just like come to me you know and I just and I'm like yes that's what I want I just need you to hold me I just need you to remind me of those times that you said again and again and and like I said it's it's almost like um when you were a child, you know, I relate a lot with my mother with this because when I was the saddest or upset or broken or disappointed, my mother would often take me if I got upset and I started to cry, she would lay me on her lap or she would let me lay my head just on her shoulder. And she would take and wipe the hair from my face. And she would say, it's going to be okay. It'll be okay. And, uh, You know, as I thought about these promises, I felt that comfort. I felt that peace, like God the Father just allowing me, like if he was sitting right here with me and he would just allow me to lay my head on him and him saying and reaffirming these promises that he has made to me, that he has all intentions on keeping and reassuring me that it's okay. And, you know, I also think of my granddaughter that just yesterday was in an emotional state and and as she cried I just did the same with her wiping her hair away and telling her it'll be okay you know calm down and 
I guess that's, you know, where I'm at right now with this part of the journey that I would just like to share with you some of the promises that God the Father, as he allowed me to weep, as he allowed me to just rest in his arms and the ones that he brought to mind and brought to my spirit. And I hope that they comfort you too as well. If you're out there listening, I believe this is an ordained time. This is a time that God has elected for you to hear these words just as he has put them on my heart to actually say them. So we're going to start with the first one that really come in my mind and that was Jeremiah 29 11. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your good and not for your disaster. To give you a future and hope. So, you know, a lot of times people see that as a prosperity and, and what he's going to do for you in the future. But I really couldn't get past the plans for I know the plans I have for you. You know, he promises a plan. He promises his children that he has a plan for their life. And I don't know if that ever jumped out at you or ever touched your heart or pulled on your heartstring that he's developed a plan. And that plan, he says, is for good and not for your disaster or for disaster. But the biggest thing is he has the plan and he's in control of the plan. And when he says, I have a plan for you, and if you think of who is actually speaking and knowing that it is a form of a promise to you, he will bring it to pass. It's just sometimes we're not sure what the plan is. Sometimes we get a little shaken, like what's going on now, Lord? How did this happen, Lord? This can't be. What should happen? I didn't see this coming, Lord. I don't know how many times you've made those comments, but I know I have made them many. But we have to hang on to the fact that he has a plan. And sometimes that plan may take a fork in the road. And you may end up on a different path. But that doesn't mean that's not God's plan. or That's not part of God's plan. And I know we are creatures of habit, and we don't like change. <laughs> At least I know I don't. I feel comfort in in the continual thing, you know, that's what I know. And that is so far from <laughs> the life that we will live with Christ and as his believers and followers, because he's the one with the plan. Sometimes our plans fall through. But he has promised us one. And then, you know, we know God is a good God. And I, I, I thought of Psalms 119.68 where it says, You are good and do good. Teach me your statues. And this wasn't a promise, but I just remember thinking that with everything that's going on in my life right now and going on around me, 
I couldn't get past the thought and I actually had to Google this to see which one, which scripture that was in Psalms. But I just remember the scripture, you are good and you do good. And I kept thinking, no, God, you are good. And my husband and I often will say, I'll say God is good. And he'll say all the time. And then he'll say all the time. And I'll answer God is good. And uh, so it kept coming up in my mind that you are good and you do good. And I'm so glad I looked it up because to hear the teach me your statutes, I was like, yes, that's what I needed. That's what you needed to give to me, Lord, in my heart and my mind was the finishing part of that. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your ways. Teach me. And, and then in Joshua 1.9, it says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, he promises us that he is with us wherever we go. Remember that fork in the road? Remember the fact that he has a plan for us, and sometimes it may not include where we thought we were going or what we thought we were doing? That... Even if God had led you to a place and you know that your heart was comfortable at this place and your roots was strong in this place and your love for the people was even strong in a place, can we really move past the Apostle Paul? How Paul would go to the church of Corinth and then he would send letters to the church of Galatia you got all of these places that Paul traveled and how many beautiful letters that he wrote back saying how he loved them how he missed them how how he longed to be with them I remember when I got remarried with my husband now and I had changed from a church I had been in probably 17, 18 years to the local one closer to our home. There was such an emptiness in my heart and I missed them and I yearned for them and I longed for them and they're still and always will be my brothers and sisters in Christ and now at the new location and new church I'm at I've been there for eight years going on nine and uh, you know, and even the people that we meet in our life, on our in jobs and just different different pathways. You know, God is always putting people in our path and, and God is always directing our path. And if you listen to his voice, he will tell you, he will affirm to you what he needs you to do, where he needs you to be. And even if he needs you to be ready to go. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks into your heart and says it's time to go, sometimes it's the hardest because part of you says, no, I don't want this. But then the other part knows that there is no happiness outside of the will of God. There will never be. 
a contentment or happiness for that of a believer outside of the will of God. Actually, I've always said that it's not a lost person that lives the most miserable life. Now, at the end, after this life, into the second life, it could be, yes, absolutely. But this life, not really. But if you find a believer that is living his life outside of the will of God with the conviction of the Holy Spirit and not going and doing what God would have them to do, I would say they probably are the most miserable people. So we never want to find ourselves there. But he says, wherever you go, I will be with you. And there is such a promise to know how much he loves us and that he will be with us at all times. And then just as I was reading and studying, I also came across the scripture of Isaiah 54.10. And it says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Did you hear a promise? Is that one of the scriptures that you thought you would see promise in? I do. He says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. That's a promise. He's directly telling you something. And when God directly tells you something, he's saying... This is something, this is my words. This is what you can rely on. You can depend on. So do you feel like there's mountains in front of you? Do you feel like your earth has been shaken? Do you feel like you've been walking up hills and hills and valleys and hills and valleys? And then you got this mountain and you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to the top of this one. Well, remember the one before. He's with you wherever you go. And this one, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. For my covenant of peace, will my, and nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. He loves us. He's a good father. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, God prepared. He prepared that plan. He prepared us for his handiwork. For good works. Are we doing our Father's business? Or are we just conducting our own? We are his handiwork. And he's done this in advance for his glory and our greater good. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit of God gave us, that gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You know, and we often hear that, that God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So, you can hear that in a couple different ways, but this time when I read it in the, um, in the version that I read it in, when it said timid, you know, it just kind of touched me because there is times that I feel weak or I feel timid, 
And then there's times that the Holy Spirit just rises up in me and, and you know, he changes me, kind of like Moses, that he felt like, no, Lord, I, I, I can't do this. I don't want to say this. I don't want to go. I, I don't think I can do this. And that's the point. You can't. You can't. But the Spirit of God inside of you can. See, he's powerful, and he can move you to do and say things that you normally would never do for the fear of people around you. And and uh, so it was just a sweet reminder that he says that, you know, it does not, or um, that he gave us does not make us timid. Um, and of course, I bet you, you knew that you would hear this one because <laughs> I say this all the time. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Romans 8:28 For we know all things work together for good for those that love him and called according to his purpose. Um what a promise like I said if you only clung to that one promise would it be enough? Yes. Because if you honestly believe that no matter what is happening in your life, in your job, with your children, in your church, with your close friends, whatever could be going wrong in your life that you just feel the need for God to hold you and to reassure you that it will be okay. Remember that his promise is that all things, he didn't say all things would be good, all things work together for good, for his glory and our greater good. Can we hold on to that promise? He also gives us, in James 1.5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given unto him. And I could not help from underline when I took the notes, without finding fault. And I thought, thank you, Lord, for your promise of wisdom, for your promise that if we just ask if we seek your face you will give it to us not only give it to us but generously without finding fault because like I said sometimes these episodes can be very convicting and I need it and you need it like I said this is progressive sanctification that is molding our minds and our hearts and the image of us into the image of his dear son so we need that but we are still children I am a grown woman that is still a child in my heart and there's times that I just need my father to hug me love me and just let me rest in his arms and to remember that beautiful scripture in James that says without finding fault he's like come to me child it'll be okay it will be okay and the fact that he can do that with his children without finding fault is so precious that it just shows the kind of character and the love he has for his children you know he also promises us comfort in John 14 verses John chapter 14, verse 15, 16, and 18, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I will not 
leave you comfortless. And he, and I underlined, I will not leave you comfortless. So he, he drew me to that. And he's like, remember, Mary, I told you, the comforter's there for you. I am there for you. I will not leave you comfortless. But he does say, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. So Jesus was saying, I'm a comforter now, but he's going to, I, he, my Father's going to send another comforter. And we have access to that comforter. How many times do you just get quiet and be still and know that he is God? You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit speaks in a still, small voice. We live in such a hustle-bustle world that even right now, you're probably exercising, cleaning house, or walking, or I don't know, you could possibly be driving to work. But most people, when they listen to podcasts, from my understanding, have their earbuds in and they're doing something while they're listening. It's like multitasking. But there's always cell phones ringing, babies crying, phones are ringing, schedules to be kept, groceries to be bought, places to be, and and we don't won't even go into the church events, the programs and the programs and programs. And I'm not saying it's bad, but when was the last time you just got to yourself at a still, small, quiet place and listened for His voice? And when you even ask Him. Do you just get quiet and listen? I have a hard time with that. But as I laid Sunday night, tossing and turning, not being able to sleep, I think I got two and a half hours of sleep, but it was okay because it was the quietest time. Everybody in the house was asleep, and all of my mind was just focused on God. Help me, Father. Show me. Tell me. What do I do with the situations that are in my life right now? Give me clear direction. But then I just got quiet, waiting. And you know, that's where I hear that still small voice. It's like the next thought that comes up in your head or your heart or your mind, however you view it. And that's him speaking. Remember my promises. I'm here. I love you. I'll never leave you. If you need wisdom, ask me. I'll show you. And one and one, he will talk to you. You know, another great one was Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You know, he drew me not only to his promise to never leave me or forsake me, but he drew me to do not be afraid or terrified because of them. And, you know, I don't know what the of them is for you. Is it work that's putting pressure on you to do things you should not do if you are a believer? Is it your family? Are you a teenager out there listening that has friends wanting you to join them in activities you know you have no business being in just for your own health and safety, much less if you're a child of God? Could it be 
pressure from work? Could it be pressure from school? Could it be pressure from your friends, social events that you may attend and find yourself in a situation you never really wanted to? Could it be pressure, pain, or sorrow from even your brothers and sisters in Christ? You would have to put the of them in there, whatever it may be. But he says, for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So even in your darkest days and your saddest times and your broken promises, or even when you just feel sometimes so convicted that you just want to say, I am sorry, Dad. I am sorry. I'm sorry I am who I am. I, I just ask that you change me, mold me, make me faster to where I am not this way. Um, but whatever it is, he's always there with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus Christ knows every single pain, every single experience that you've ever experienced. He has experienced. You may not believe it, but he has experienced it. Hmm. And I just got a couple more here. Joshua 21:45 Not all or not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. That's like a promise and a promise. Cuz I thought not one of God's promises failed Israel. Not one that he gave them. And you know what? That's God's people. We're God's people. We're his children, just like Israel was. And he says, not one has failed. Do you think he's going to fail us with the promises that he gives us? I don't. Hebrews 10, 23. The last one that I have listed here says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises do you believe it brother or sister in Christ do you believe that what you're going through right now he's either experienced and he's there with you and he knows what you're going through all of those promises that I just said, those great statements of comfort that God has given us, do you believe he can be trusted to keep those promises? Well, he reminded me that I could. And he comforted me. And he held me. And he put a smile on my face that I haven't had for a while. This was the journey of the scriptures that he shared with me. And I have just a few follow-up scriptures in our part of the journey. So, thanks for coming with this part of the story, with his part of the story. And I will see you in our part of the journey.
back to our part of the journey. I hope you so enjoyed listening to the words of our Father, listening to his promises as he comforts his children the best way that he knows how through his word, through his spirit. And just to follow up with this, our part of the journey. So this particular episode isn't so long, but again, I'm not going to apologize too much. I don't want to put God in a box. So I just have a little bit more reading that the Lord had put on my heart for this to really just end it. And I just feel like this is the way God ended it with me. And so this is the way I'm going to just leave this with you after us going through a road of promises. And I know you probably have many that you've even thought of yourself, some of your favorite ones. And feel free to look those up, write them down, post them in your house if you even need to on the refrigerator or the mirror in the mornings and just go through some of those lists of promises when your day is not going good and just trust him to comfort you through it. So the last thing I want to wrap up with in our part of the journey is in the book of John chapter 14 and it is 1 through 11. I just want you to listen to the words of our Lord and I pray that this just settles your heart or calms you as it did me as he ended this part of the journey with me. Chapter 1 or chapter 14 verse 1 through 11 starting with verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and we've also heard that as mentions. If it were not so, would I have not what would I have told you? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare this place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. But Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, But Lord, show us the father, and it is enough for us. (laughs) Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. 
or else believe on account of the works themselves. And you know, God just ended it right there. And I know there was more after that, but I feel like what he was saying to me and he was reminding me of the disciples and how they struggled themselves and how they just couldn't figure out, like, why are you leaving us? Why are you going? We love you, you know? They just wanted to hold on to him. And, and Jesus just desperately wanted them to see that he must go. He just desperately needed them to see that this was a grander purpose and a, and a bigger plan. And yet, I just feel sad at Jesus' words where he says, Have I been with you for so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And I feel like God was saying to me, Mary, these are promises. How long have I been with you? How long have you read my word? How long have you walked these journeys with me? Do you not believe me? Must you ask again? I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you comfortless. I will always have a plan and a purpose for your life. Trust me. And that's what I got from that. Him reminding me of the disciples doing almost a similar thing, not understanding exactly who he was, where are you going? Yet he told them already who he was. And I thought, Mary, trust him. Even if you just have to trust him today to get through, then revisit it again tomorrow. And if Satan comes and he tries to battle in your mind and your heart all over again, you battle back with that spirit and you battle back with that word. You battle back with those promises that God has given you. And you remember the voice of his son saying, do you still not believe? Well, then if nothing else, believe in the works that you've already seen. (laughs) And you know, I know in that scripture, I know he was speaking of the great miracles that he had performed and what he had seen from Jesus. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. Isn't that kind of a sad statement? Like, Have you ever read it that way? Because that's what God has fed that to me this time. It was almost as if he said, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. As if, is that what you need? Because there was other scriptures that says the unbelieving often needs to see miracles. But he's already like, can you not even believe based on what you've seen? Well, can he ask us that same question? Do we not believe him even after the miracles that he's already performed in our lives? I am a completely different person from the day he saved me. 
And I pray that he continues to mold me and make me into his image. And that 10 years from now, I won't even look like myself from today. And what he has already brought me through over and over again. Can I not trust him? And it's almost as if he's saying, well, then trust on what I've already done for you. Trust on what you've already seen and you've already experienced, Mary. But you should be able to believe me. You should be able to trust me. And just follow. Well, I don't know about you. But I so appreciate his love. I appreciate the times when he just lets you lay in his arms and weep and say, I don't understand. Just as they did at the foot of the cross. But God still loved them. He still loves us. He's still patient with us. He's very long suffering. He is waiting for those of you out there that are still listening to this podcast that aren't absolutely sure about this Jesus yet. But I would say, If you have listened to this throughout an entire year plus some, that you've gotten to know him a little bit better. And I can tell you that when he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that God had raised him from the dead, and that he was your payment for your sin on that cross, If you just believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth, he's faithful and just to forgive you of those sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Love him. Trust him. And those of you out there that's already believers, well, I hope you can take that second breath that... And just know that even if there's a fork in the road, even if... There's a different journey that he may be putting you on, just as he did the Apostle Paul many times over. He is with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And he's always there when you're tired and just need help. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this journey you've taken me on. Thank you for reminding me how I can trust in you. I can trust in those beautiful wonderful promises and there's so many more in there that I didn't even mention Lord and but I just thank you that you are faithful even when we are not faithful even when Satan has attacked our minds and our spirits and confusion and 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 pain and heartache and they you know the constant valleys you feel like you're going in and but father you're there we can trust you We can rest in you. And if we just get to that place where we can get alone with you in your word, in a state of prayer, in a still, small area, we could find your still, small voice. Speak to us. I pray over all my brothers and sisters out there that are listening. I pray that if they have hardship in their life, if they have confusion in their life, if anything is happening at this time, 
that you would direct them. Make it clear what they would do or what they should do through you, where you would have them to be, what you want them to do for your honor and your glory, because it ultimately will work out for all of our greater good. Thank you, Father, for all of those that you've put in my path over the years, some that have come and gone, and I miss dearly myself, those that are with me right now, and I thank you for the rest of the plan that you have for my life and the journey that you will take me on. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer, for it's in your name that I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for coming on this journey with me, and I will see you next time on My Story, His Story, Our Journey.